brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are live. MLB Strategy Show, Thursday, September 3rd. Part of me wants to just unplug my mic right now and totally sandbag Adam, but I'm not going to do that. That would just be ultra mean. I wanted to say we have a four-game slate to talk about, but we don't because it's six on DraftKings and four on FanDuel. So we're going to be talking about uh, two separate slates. But either way, we're about to dive into baseball. I'm Josh Engelman. I'm joined by Adam Scher. Adam, what's up? Excited for some daytime baseball. I was already starting to miss having sports going on during the day. So I, I think it will be kind of nice to have DraftKings lock at four. And, you know, obviously you'll have to pay attention to the lineups as they come later, but it's baseball, so who really cares? Yeah, I really do miss the the one o'clock or one thirty NBA tips right now. That It didn't last long enough, but that's perfect. Yeah, the the thing that really disappointed me was because like I'm still at my mom's and I don't have a TV in my office in the office that I use there. So like it would have been really fun if I'd like been at my place and had you know like my TV yeah and could actually watch. I feel like I ended up watching like no basketball, even though I oh. thought that I like in my head I was like oh, I'm be watching basketball all day and working great, but it didn't really work out that way. It was perfect for me because I need those games to be on earlier and earlier because making it to midnight is not easy for me. <laughs> Last like last night was rough. Waking up at five thirty today was rough. Got to start doing basketball drafts. I'm up until like three a.m. every night doing them now. I I'll do one. I got the uh, FFPC credit email yesterday, so uh, we're gonna do a, a co team with the wife. I don't know. Probably step up the stakes. At, at this point, don't do any on drafting because you'll just be pissed at yourself that you don't have time now to get more in. Yeah. I'll, I, I I don't have any interest. No, they're so not really. And so 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 easy. I would want to do like if that existed when I was in college, I would probably have like a thousand teams. Yeah, but now I, I don't know. Like I got enough going on. Yeah, I, I just I, I doubt that there's a been a better like 
DFS investment or not, not DFS, obviously, but like in fantasy sports investment since like 2015. That's the only piece that's killing me. I just, I don't want to have to sit down and have that conversation. Like, look, here's the deal. I think this is probably soft. However, we need to tie up these funds for four months. Right. <laughs> like I can do it and I think it'll be fine, but you know. That's what crowns are for, man. It's <laughs> fair. It's actually fair. So yeah, four games on FanDuel today, six games on DraftKings, two games start at four o'clock or, you know, four-ish. And then the rest of the games start at the normal seven or later Anything good happened for you in baseball yesterday? I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to do it the way that I like, it's just a natural question that I'm going to ask you at the beginning of the show. Unfortunately, I already know the answer to this. I mean, yes, I still like, I I, I like tripled up, which is obviously a good outcome, but it would have been a lot better if the angels had pitchers in their bullpen capable of pitching or a left fielder capable of catching routine fly balls. Any of those things would have made my night a lot better, but still was a good night. That's fair. Uh, I understand that this is the baseball show, but we're slowly getting ramped up here. I need to ask, um, how much Dort did you have yesterday? We didn't talk about it. Two out of three lineups. Nice. Um, what a game. What a game. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I just saw a score at the end. I was like, what the hell happened? I was just knocking down everything, taking it to the rack. Yeah, I he, he was in like all my like top-ranked lineups. And it was funny because uh, Ryan asked me on the, the show, he was like, when you play three max, do you leverage or how much do you worry about differentiating? And I was like, uh, kind of to some extent, but it depends like on the player. Like I don't mind if I get three out of three Jimmy Butler, but I'm not playing three out of three Lou Dort, for example. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I had had an uh, uh, opposite take there. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> it's just wild, man. I, I watch him play and... I can't help but talk about basketball now. It's not helping at all. I, I watch him play and he strikes me as like the linebacker on the football team that also goes out for basketball in the winter. And like, yeah. he's just, he's built like a tank. He's running all over the place. You can see the athleticism, but he's just, he's clearly not played as much basketball as he, like you need him to play. I, like he has the potential to be really, really good. Yeah. If, and he's on like a, a really nice deal too. Um, for the Thunder. It's like, you know, four years with two non-guarantees right. or something stupid on it. I mean, they're just going to be like, hey, man, uh, for the next four months, lock yourself in the gym and don't do anything other than shoot threes. Right. Figure it out. Because if you become a slightly above average three-point shooter, you're going to be, I don't know, Robert Covington. <laughs> yeah. Better. Yeah, he, he can be really good. All right, so enough about basketball. I got that out of the way. 87 people in here, which makes me mildly sad. 21 likes. Take what I can get. Let's dive into this slate. First game up, DraftKings. No no FanDuel for us here. Phillies and Nats. 5.8 run implied total for the Phillies. 4.7 for the Nats. Zach Eflin against Annabelle Sanchez. Um, We'll just start here. Uh... Any interest in Eflin, 7,800. Sanchez, 7,400. Seems a little bit more tough to get to. Yeah, I mean, mild interest in, in Eflin, mostly just because it's a six-game slate and you don't have you don't have a whole lot in the way of cheap pitching. I don't think that you, you'll necessarily need it, but I think that Eflin is one of – him and Duffy are probably like the two 
pitchers that I could see using in this price range. And obviously, you're not going to feel great about Duffy against the White Sox. I don't feel great about it against anyone. But, uh, you know, the Nats not a, a great strikeout team either. So I don't think the matchup's great, but I think just kind of as a product of the slate, he's, he's in play. Okay. I'm um, pulling up ownership now. No surprise. What's at the top? Um, that this that cannot be right. Did I pull the wrong ownership? Hmm. I'm pulling it up now too, so I'll let you know. So, unowned? Affleck? Yeah. Wouldn't shock me. I mean, it's not like I ex- I expected that. Like, it oh, you meant literally? Wow, like really unowned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't expect to see like 30 or something, but I figured the 1% that was in the cell was going to turn to like a 2 or a 3 or at the but yeah, my, my guess was like 12. Yeah. Uh, wow. Man, that's crazy. Like, I don't I know mean, why. I mean, I think I get it. I don't know why he's one eighth of Martin Perez. Yeah, that, that's also true. I, I kind of figured like Duffy's at 15%. I kind of figured him and, and Eflin would both just kind of end up there. Yeah, just a lot more going to Walker. Yeah, I'll say it's because Walker's 4,800. So, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I don't know that that ends up holding and, and being the case, but it, it makes sense. Like, if you're – it depends on hitter pricing, too. And obviously, like, I, you might have – I haven't crunched lineups yet. But, yeah. um, like, there's – typically, I'll, I'll prefer going down to, like, that Walker range because – it's just like, well, it's not a great matchup for Eflin. He's going to probably outscore Walker, but there's enough variance and stuff in baseball. Just save the money, give me the bats. But with it being a six-game slate and with how soft hitter pricing has been lately, I'm not really sure if that will end up being the case. Um, but I, I do at least get you know, how that happened. Well, the real thing we need to talk about in this game, since there's no ownership on the pitching, would be the hitting. Philly's number one stack in ownership on DraftKings, uh, the Nats, are still getting 9% in the aggregate. Let's just start on the Philly side. Are you worried about that, Chuck? Yes and no. I mean, I think it's a good spot against Sanchez. I don't think he's like the worst pitcher in baseball or anything, but he has been really bad so far this year. He's a lot of 254 high total lefties, 329 to righties. Uh, the expected numbers to righties are even worse to lefties, the better, but also not striking guys out. And the Phillies obviously are a, a good offensive team, have a six-run implied total, which is the highest on the slate. So, you know, yeah, I think it makes sense for them to be getting ownership. Obviously, in baseball, if you were to just fade the highest-owned offense every single day of the season, you it's going to help you come out ahead. So uh, there's that. But, you know, I, I don't think that the pricing is overly expensive. Uh, obviously, Bryce Harper is really, really expensive. Real Muto is priced up, but nobody else in the lineup above 5K on DraftKings. So that shouldn't really be an issue. Um, no no problems with Philly at all. All righty. Uh- I just got tagged in a message in baseball chat. Now I have my two-factor authentication on FanDuel. So I'm trying to get logged in. They said the Phillies-Nats game is on FanDuel. I mean, that doesn't seem feasible to me. I'm not saying that it's, it does, the game doesn't exist, but it can't be a part. No, it's not a part of the main slate. Yeah, okay. God, I should just trust myself. Like I could have downloaded the wrong salary file that got the other four games correct. Cubs fan, I understand that the game is – Literally on the site. It is not a part of the main slate, however. Ah, tripping me up, man. It's lack of sleep, man. It's lack of sleep. Uh, this... I was able to log in the FanDuel quickly because I don't keep enough money on that site to bother with two-factor identification. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just weird like that, though, too. But also, yeah, I don't want people logging in. Uh, Phillies, 14% odds of being the top stack on DraftKings, 21% ownership share. 
Does that give you more pause? Yeah, of course. And, and you know, obviously, whenever the slate's shorter, you can be okay with a little bit higher ownership, you know, aggregate ownership. But still, if you know there's 12 teams on the slate and 20% of the ownership is going to one of them, it's going to just be easier to win tournaments by not having that team. Uh, it's just, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, but whatever, like at, at, at that kind of ownership, even if the top percentage was even higher, you're just running into the problem of so many raw teams having the same stack and you basically just running a race against 10,000 people to try and get first place if they were the highest scoring team. So uh, it, it's whenever teams start getting up to around 20%, it starts getting tough to um, really get there at least as a main stack because it's just so hard to get first place that way. Nats at 9% in the aggregate um, pretty much matches their top stack odds. I actually like them a little bit more than where that ownership is coming in. Uh, I really like getting any teams really in Philly, just given the the hitters park nature of it. And I'm not all that concerned with Zach Eflin on the opposite side. Are the Nats a spot you're looking to go to here? 4.7 run implied total is obviously solid. Yeah, kind of dependent on the lineup they run out, but I like their projected lineup here against Eflin because going back to last year, he's done a really, really good job of limiting power to righties, but he's really struggled with lefties. Uh, 258 ISO allowed to lefties since last year, 349 so far this year, 198 expected ISO to lefties this year, 228 since last year. Um, the strikeouts are, are way up against lefties this year, but the, the power numbers are still there. And you're Obviously, you, you have Soto, who's great, but you're probably going to have Cabrera, uh, Eric Dames, Adam Eaton, Luis Garcia, all from the left side. Obviously, Howie Kendrick and Trey Turner are both just good hitters, so, uh, you know, high upside hitters, so that they're fine, too. I think that if they run out their normal lineup, it sets up pretty well against them. Yeah, I'm surprised to see Kendrick at 4%. I, I like that at 3,900. Plenty of first base options, too, to rotate through uh, if you're trying to play the Nats on DraftKings. Three separate guys have first base eligibility. Good stuff. Uh, I think we're probably... I, I guess that that makes it a little tougher because um, Cabrera has first and third, but Kendrick and, and Eric Dame both only first base. Yeah. Dame's picking up 10%. Kendrick at four right now. I think you're good either way. I don't have a huge preference between the two. And then Turner and Soto, uh, you know... Their prices are where they should be. I like the idea of getting to the Nats here. I, I'm not a big Eflin guy, and uh, I think if that top stack odds comes up a little bit, like they they seem to be priced accordingly. I don't know. It, it's a weird spot for the Nats. I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I think they're probably properly owned. I do think that, I mean, with Eflin, like I don't, I don't like the spot for him, and I like it for the Nats, but – if we're really going to get 1% ownership on a $7,800 pitcher with the highest strikeout percentage on the slate this season, that seems appealing. Do you buy it? Not entirely, but it has been five starts. I, I can't, I don't really know exactly what's driving it is the thing, but I mean, it's there. It, it's not like he's being pushed up by, you know, any one start, you know, he struck out five, 10, eight, six, and eight in his five starts. 38% against righties this year. Swinging strike rate, 11% last season, 11%. Let's see. Velocity on the 
fastball like 93 this year 93 yeah i don't know it's curious right yeah like like, every everything looks great for him against righties right now and you know and and against lefties too yeah you know he struck out 28 percent of lefties compared to last year was 19 percent but the like the really weird thing is normally if you see something like that, you look and you can pretty quickly figure it out and be like, oh, he's throwing his slider more, he's throwing his changeup more, or his curveball more, whatever. He's throwing his sinker more, which is a pitch that doesn't get swings and misses for basically anybody in baseball. And almost always when that's the case, it's the other way around. And it's like, why did this guy's strikeout percentage drop off like Zach Wheeler? Um, so it's really weird. Like, I can't figure out what the reasoning is. I don't know if maybe there's some kind of mechanical change and it's just harder to you know, it pitches now or, or what, or, release you know, maybe, point, maybe? what you say? Any movement to his release point or something? I don't know. Possible. I'll pull up. Gross, 12% swinging strike rate on his sinker. That's the only, really uh, it's the highest of all of his pitches other than a curveball, which he's only thrown 22 times already. With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm pulling up. That's and strikeout rate generally stabilizes pretty quickly, so that's why. Right, that, that's why I'm kind of like, I, I don't immediately see what is driving it, but I do buy into it at least to some extent. You know, maybe or probably he doesn't strike out 33 percent of hitters for the next year, but he probably also is better at getting strikeouts now than he was last year. Yeah, I mean, it was 18 against lefties last year, 19 against righties. He's by all accounts turned into a different pitcher craziness release point well horizontal release point looks again at first glance but looks about the same year over year vertical release point looks a little bit different but i don't know it's weird actually because again it's kind of the opposite like last year his release point on most of his pitches was kind of really like uh grouped closely together this year it's more spread out so that actually would if anything go to the opposite point that i was making about it maybe being more difficult to pick up pitches yeah um, I really don't know what's driving it. You know, maybe if I spend more time on it throughout the day, I can figure it out. But um, I don't know what's driving it. But the ultimate point is that strikeouts do stabilize quickly. And it's very unlikely that he's as good at getting strikeouts as he has been this year. But it's also very likely that he has improved. I'm trying to see, like, is there a bigger gap in, like, pitch speed between his breaking stuff and – his fastball, but it all. I mean, his, his matchups have been pretty good for strikeouts. So he's faced the Yankees, the Orioles, the Red Sox, and Atlanta twice. But it's not like it's not like he's faced the Rangers five times. But even still, that doesn't turn you into right. It doesn't take you from nineteen to thirty-five, right? <laughs> no matter what yeah, the matchup is, unless he's facing like a little league team, right? And like I said, it's not like it's distributed either, where it's like thirteen four, thirteen four, four, like yeah. strikeouts. You know, he's getting strikeouts every game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the deal. If, if he really is, ends up being 1% owned, um, he's worth the flyer at the 2020 rates by default. 
like whether you believe in it or not, it's worth taking that shot because there's no ownership to stop you for it. Right. Uh, all right. Favorite Phillies bat, favorite Nats bat. I feel like it's cheating to say Bryce Harper and Juan Soto. Is it? But I'll go ahead and say Bryce Harper and Juan Soto. I, uh, so Jay Bruce at 3K is a joke. Also true. 30% owned. You're going to get a lot of cash options from the Philadelphia Phillies today. Let's keep it moving. Mets and Yankees. Uh, there was not a line up before we started this game. I'm going to double check right now to see as, uh, if it has been updated or not. I don't know if you see anything right now. What was your question? <laughs> uh, have you seen a line for this game? I have not seen one yet for Yankees, Mets, or Padres, Angels. I'm refreshing stuff now, but I haven't. All right. Uh, Yankees, Mets. Fangraphs has it basically even, so I'm just going to go with that sort of. Pin- yeah, Pinnacle has it even with a nine and a half total. Really? You yes. see that at that particular sports book, which shall not be named? Yes. Interesting. It's not showing up at a different place for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, minus 105 Mets, minus 103 Yankees. I just typed in uh, baseball odds into my toolbar and it immediately went to the old link that I had for pulling all the Korean baseball stuff because that's how <laughs> often I went to it for that stretch. Okay. Yeah. So that the, both of those lines are there. Uh, that's been super weird. Let me just add these in here so I can get uh, the proper data. Ba, ba, ba. All right. 103, 105, 9.4. And then 139, 128.86. Bingo. Okay. So. We're talking about a coin flip here, um, Yankees and Mets. The G-Man going for the Mets. J.A. Happ going for the Yankees. Two more pitchers with zero ownership. You going to either one of them? I wouldn't think so. Um, Giselman just not going to – they're not likely to go deep enough into the game to really matter. Uh, like if you want to take a flyer on a cheap guy, why not just go to Taiwan Walker? Happ would be the one that – is a little more interesting just because, you know, he did there are 90 pitches last time out and he's an actual starting pitcher, but he's priced up enough where I don't really see getting there. The Mets aren't an offense that I really look like. I really love taking pitchers against, but his price point too, you know, he's kind of, he's really close to Dylan Cease. Who's clearly in a better spot. He's more expensive than Clevenger who isn't in a great spot, but is, is Mike Clevenger. He's more expensive than Heaney who same thing as Clevenger. Um, so, you know, I see why the ownership would be really low, and that would be the argument that you make. Like if you are, you're going to have a lot of teams built that use like two out of Kershaw, Cease, Clevenger, Heaney. And so you can get that same construction and just say, yeah, whatever, I'm playing Jay Happ instead. And if Jay Happ beats those pitchers, which is going to happen probably more than his ownership suggests, then you're in a good spot. But, you know, outside of, of those considerations, there's nothing that makes me say like, oh, I, I want Jay Happ. We are on the same page here. That is not a spot that I'm uh, terribly interested. In. It's kind of like Kyle Hendricks last night. I think like I ended up rostering Hendricks in a, in a couple of my my main lineups, um, but it was just I didn't really like Hendricks that much, like compared to the pitchers around him. But it was just like, oh, I can roster this team that I really like, and instead of playing the thirty percent owned pitcher in Lamet, I can just play Hendricks instead, and that one different. So like that's kind of how I feel I have here. Um, well, let's just lump Hap and Eflin together in this spot. Uh, Eflin, 11% chance of being a top two pitcher on 
DraftKings, Hap, 10, both guys, ownership, 1%. So it is the kind of thing you would be looking for in, you know, a larger field GPP to get a little different. Let's talk hitting. Mets have 12% aggregate ownership. Yankees have eight. The Mets are coming in as probably the biggest optimizer stack for today. Uh, The highest salaried guy on the Mets in their projected lineup is 4K Robinson Cano. They have five guys in the lineup projected in the 2000s. Robinson Cano is 3,100. It's 4K on my screen. Yep, you're right. That's the second time today during this baseball show where I have thought that I was incorrect and should have just bet on myself. Need more confidence here. So what are you looking at? Never. You don't want to answer that. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm looking at though. (laughs) I do. (laughs) But no, seriously, McNeil, 2,500, JD Davis, 2,800, Ramos, 25, Marisnik, 2K, Rosario, 2K. They're going to show up in literally everything because of their price tags. If you're using an optimizer, what do you do to combat it? Or do you like it? I mean, to combat it, you just factor in things other than projection when you're, you're choosing your lineups, whether you're just going with pure ownership of players or, or some combination of that and team stacks or just team stacks, you know, whatever, uh, you know, obviously just important to be factoring things in other than just ha- how a team projects. Because like you said, I don't know what's going on with the pricing here. Like Jay Hat isn't bad, but they're priced to face like, I don't know, 1999 Pedro Martinez or something. So <laughs> it's, the spot where you know obviously they're going to show up and and they should like JD Davis towards the top of this order in a good spot you know for power same goes for Pete Alonso who probably batting sixth Wilson Ramos gives you a ton of upside a catcher these guys sh- just should not be priced how they are no it's it's craziness yeah we have them top stack odds for the Mets six percent you know that's a relatively pedestrian number on a six game slate the odds of them being the top value stack twenty nine percent. They're just going to show up in every optimizer. Um, So you need to be really cognizant about the way that those lineups get generated and what's coming with them. Otherwise you are going to be just uh, hanging out with a lot of other people. Jeff McNeil, JD Davis um, looking like two. I don't want to say high end cash options, but yeah, probably high end cash options for a day like today. God, that is just so much. Those, how does that even happen? Did I accidentally, like, are they accidentally importing FanDuel salaries? Right. I mean, the, the, their pricing was really bad yesterday, too, but there was nothing I don't think quite as egregious as, as that. You just, you never see five guys sub 3K on DK. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I, do any of the bats, do you like any of the bats from the Mets? Like, even with, like... I mean, McNeil and Davis, I assume, are going to be pretty tough for you to get to in GPPs outside of, like, full stacks. Yeah, I mean, I like the right-handed power. Um, since last year, 227 ISO allowed by half to righties. So I, I like Davis. I like Alonzo. I like Ramos. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say Alonzo is probably my favorite play from the Mets. 3K, 7% ownership. Like, this seems like a pretty decent spot to get cheap if you need to. Yankees fifth in the well tied for fourth in the top stack odds uh, slightly higher than where their current ownership is, which is a little surprising because they are the second best value stack 
Are the Yankees just the place you go if you want to not have the Mets? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what's going on with their pricing either. Like, obviously, bullpen games or close to it are not really that appealing to stack against. And you see it in only a four and a half implied run total for the Yankees. Also, a watered down lineup without Judge. Um, obviously, they're dealing with injuries, but it's still a good lineup and they're just free. It's, it's just craziness. I, the one thing that's nice some, is that it ends up ownership ends up being spread out just because everybody is so cheap. Like you saw it yesterday. I think the Cubs game was like the first game, one of the first games me and Lafayette did. And it was just like, Oh, the Cubs are going to be super popular because their whole team is like 3,400 or less. And then four games later, it was just like, Oh, I've said that about five straight teams. So I guess they're not all going to be really popular. I think these are the two that, well, there's, Mets, Yankees, Blue Jays are seem to be the clear these guys are way too cheap stacks given our top stack odds right now. Would you rather have the Mets or the Yankees? Mets. If okay. I mean if, if ownership were equal, but given current ownership projections, then the Yankees. Yeah, I think the Yankees are gonna end up a little underrepresented because of the Mets. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. Uh what specific Yankees bats stand out for you? That's the part that's tough because Giselleman, you're expecting to go like four, maybe five innings and to just kind of be decent. He's allowed plenty of power, uh, 360 expected ISO or going back to last year, uh, less so 144 expected ISO to lefties last year or since last year, 136 to righties. This year he's given up power, but he's only thrown a total of 150 pitches. So in general, I think he's a just kind of decent pitcher that, um, isn't good, but isn't terrible. And the Yankees kind of don't have many guys that are going to stand out with their current lineup. But so I think it's more of a spot where the stack is appealing than individual bats. But if I had to go to individual bats, I would say um, Aaron Hicks and Clint Frazier probably in the middle of this lineup. Yeah. Hicks grading out best for me, JD Davis on the opposite side. Uh, Anything else you want to touch on from Mets Yanks? I do not. Okay. One more and then we'll take a quick pause the Angels hosting the Padres. Fantastic game between both of these teams yesterday, including a raucous eighth inning. Four-run implied total for the Angels, 4.6 for the Pods. Andrew Heaney against newly minted Padre Mike Clevenger. 43% owned for Heaney, 36% owned from Clevenger. So let's just start here. Which guy do you prefer, and do you think the ownership is reasonable for both? I prefer Clevenger. Okay. I'm just double checking. Yeah. So I couldn't remember how deep he went in his first start back from being kicked off the team for coronavirus. Um, but he threw 86 pitches. So he should be fine as far as being stretched out. I think the matchup is just better against the Angels. Um, it, it's one of those teams, Luffy and I talked about it yesterday, but as a whole, the strikeout percentage for the Angels is low. But that's just driven down by Angelton Simmons, Albert Pujols, and Anthony Rendon never striking out and not sure if he's in the lineup. But you still get high strikeout percentages from Otani, um, Justin Upton through the roof, Joe Adele through the ceiling, and you know Ben Boom's around 30%. Uh, Mike Trout this year is even striking out 25%. So it's a lineup where you can still get plenty of strikeouts. There's just a few hitters that aren't going to give them to you. But those hitters also, with the exception of Rendon, aren't very good. So you don't really mind them putting the ball in play either. Uh, so I like the spot a lot more for Clevenger than I do for Heaney. I, the spot terrifies me for Heaney um, against all the power in this San Diego lineup. So it does kind of surprise me that 
you have 43% ownership going to Heaney, uh, 36 to Clevenger here. Um, I, I get it, you know, that they're both, or that, that Heaney in particular is a really good strikeout pitcher, but they'll also give up power. And if he's going to get this much ownership, I actually would rather be going to the Padres. Justin Upton being 2,100 in the heart of the order and projected for 3% ownership. It's like, uh, I would have just assumed that I accidentally typed Justin instead of BJ or something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's so bad. Sure. But it's just still 2,100 is like a really disrespectful salary. It's the same as Anthony Bamboom and he's a 56 steamer dude. (laughs) I mean, Justin Upton has struck out 30 times in 84 bats this year. That is not ideal. <laughs> it's almost like that's not good. Um, is, is there a better situation? There, there's probably no better work environment for anyone in the world than being Justin Upton, but being on the same team with Albert Pools. So nobody even really notices that you're just cashing your checks because Pools is the one that is very clearly just cashing his checks. Yeah, I, I'm sad that Pujols' career is going out with a whimper. Because yeah, it he sucks. was I mean, you knew it was going to happen inside that deal. Like, there was no way he was going to not be this. At the- with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back end of it. But. Oh, yeah, sucks. for sure. It's just, it's a bummer. Like. That's like the it's like the worst part of sports because either the player retires leave you wanting leaving you wanting more and it's like man like what could he have done if he played a few more years or it's just like I don't even remember peak Albert Pujols because I've been watching this for the last four years. Yeah, I mean for ten years he was, you know, one of the top five players in baseball. Oh yeah, it's, no question. It was incredible. Missed that dude because this isn't him. Remember when he used to steal bases? Yeah, he swiped uh, 16 twice, 14 in a season, along with like, I would probably like 50 doubles too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had seen, like, you know, let's just say baseball was a little different at that time, but. <laughs> I mean, now it physically. 50 doubles and 40 home runs. That, like, I mean, he was hitting just insane. insane. Yeah. And now it's physically painful to watch him try and get the first base after hitting a ball. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he has plantar fasciitis, but like through the whole body. Right. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's bad. So Angels are the second lowest top stack odds for us right now. There's no ownership coming in. I don't know. Like, seems like a decent day to play Mike Trout. It usually is. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, like the days that you can get them fully unowned are probably the days where I'm a little bit more interested, but this is just kind of gross. And I think Clevenger's good. So let's go to that opposite side where Tatis and Machado are picking up some love. Um, 25% owned for Tatis, 19% owned for Machado. Thoughts? I think it makes sense. I mean, I'm not quite as concerned about their ownership either because you're getting so much ownership going to Eni right now that at least you're still getting a benefit there. Um, you know, obviously I would prefer it if they were 5% owned that Eni was 45%, but even how it is, like you're still at least leveraging against the field by rostering them. And then you can just be contrarian with the, either whatever stack you're playing or by going to the rest of the Padres that aren't going to. Uh, so I still think it'll be pretty easy to, to get to those guys and make a unique lineup. Um, but, you know, Heaney, he's a strikeout guy that also gives up home runs. This year, or, or since last year, he's allowed a 217 expected ISO to righties. This year, he's at 266. You know, he strikes guys out and gives up bombs. And that's obviously, uh, it, it makes him a, a good pitcher to roster normally, but it also makes it so you can go to hitters against him, especially when he's popular, because the range of outcomes is so volatile for him. Like we have the Padres tied for fourth in top stack odds and being a positive play relative to their ownership share, but it's deceiving because all of their own, like they have a sum of 55% ownership, 44% of that is just Tatis and Machado. So from a top stack odds, they are massively higher than what a true stack ownership share is for the Padres. So the righty power against Heaney, Tatis, Machado, uh, Profar, I don't know. They're not the best at the bottom in terms of power. But prices aren't all that awful. Uh, Top value odds are reasonable for the slate. I don't mind getting to full Padre stacks against Heaney. And I like Heaney, but given that ownership, like it just seems like a pretty easy spot to go to. Yeah, and so and there's one value play here too that I assume will be low owned because he's probably going to be hitting to the bottom of the order. But Jorge Mateo is essentially minimum priced. Um, he's played you know 11 major league games, but he actually he has 80 grade speed, which you don't see very often. Uh, stole a ton of bases throughout the minors. Um, he steamer projects him for a 128 ISO, but his scouting grades are actually solid in the power department as well. Um, 214 ISO at AAA last year, 226 at AA in 2017. So at least some potential for power, but the, the stolen bases are there. Uh, so, you know, it's a cheap guy that probably will be lower owned than some of the other cheap guys on the slate. And you can use that to differentiate your size. Yeah. And as of right now, it doesn't look like, it looks like Greg Allen is supposed to be the number nine hitter for the Padres. He does not have a salary on DraftKings. So yeah. Um, there is that. Yeah, I like the idea of getting some uh, hedge to Heaney. And I totally understand why the ownership is coming into both of these guys. They're two good pitchers, especially on a six-gamer. Anything else you want to touch on here, Angels Pods? Nope, I like the Padres. There you go. And I like Clevenger. Um, obviously, Clevenger's, like his strikeout percentage is down this year, but I just don't really buy into it. It's kind of the same thing. It's like the opposite of what we talked about with Eflin, where maybe he's not quite as good at getting strikeouts because it does stabilize pretty quickly. But at the same time, you have such a long track track record of Clevenger being great at getting strikeouts that at the very least, I still think he's an above average strikeout pitcher. 212 concurrent viewers, 54 likes. 
I like the ratio, but I'm going to ask for more. I like three digits on my likes, so hit that thumbs up. It helps a ton. Subscribe to the channel, notification bell, you know, all that jazz. We got some free content today. If you want to play NBA, uh, we got a two-gamer tonight, NBA Projections from Alex Osimo Baker, free today if you go to the website. NHL Ownership Projections, free today. You're watching a baseball show. MLB Player Rankings, free today. And if you want to play some golf, PGA Locks tomorrow, and normally on a Thursday, but today is not golf. It's, it starts tomorrow. PGA Player Rankings, also free today. So head to Osmo.com or uh, check out what Nightbot is dropping into chat because Nightbot seems to be the most active piece of our chat today. Not mad about it. Nightbot doesn't have terrible takes, so it's, it's good. It's just Night, Nightbot and Emac talking back and forth right now. <laughs> so let's keep this bad boy moving red Sox and blue jays red Sox 5.5 5.1 run implied total blue jays 5.5 martin perez against taiwan walker walker picking up 26 percent ownership on dk nine percent for perez neither guy picking up too much love on fanduel so now we are looping the fanduel slate in as well I guess we didn't do that on the last game and I didn't really realize it, but it's all sort of the same scenario. Uh, Wow. The blue Jays are getting so much ownership on, well, all sites. Let's just start with the pitching for now. Thoughts on Walker at 4,800, 26% ownership. I don't know how he's 4,800. It makes no sense. Agreed. The the question is, do you need that salary savings? But even in terms of raw points, he's fine. Oh, yeah, I, I don't disagree there. I mean, look, uh, I haven't done a full deep dive and, like, adjusted any rates or anything for the slate, but just off the bat, I have Walker with more fantasy points projected than J.A. have. <laughs> right, yeah, it's just a really weird price. It's dumb. Like, I, I don't I don't even know what to, to say about it. Like, normally when you get someone that's 4,800, you're, you're saying, like, oh, well, if you get the 12 points on the slate – it's useful because you were able to stack, you know, cores or something. And then, but obviously you don't have an offense like that on the slate that you have to pay up for. So normally it's just, you would say, oh, well, you don't need it. But the raw points are there. Like he's, I don't have projections in front of me, but I'm guessing that he projects similarly to like Dylan Cease, who I like, but I assume yeah, they're I, I have Cease a little bit ahead of him than that. Like I said, I have, I have him a full point ahead of J.A. Happ. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, and I know like in Alex's um, pitcher uh, tool, like Walker's in the middle of the pack for top two percentage. Yeah. Like Kershaw's at 35, Heaney and Clevenger in the 20s. Walker's at 16, but he's got a 45% chance of being a top two value. Right. It's just the price is just simply wrong. I, I don't know if they thought that he was facing the Red Sox from a couple of years ago, but <laughs> this is not the same Red Sox. Yeah, and like I don't think Taiwan Walker is a great pitcher by any stretch, but he's also not terrible. He's ninety two hundred on Fanduel. I think we should probably <laughs> just settle somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that's an understatement. Uh, any Martin Perez for you coming back against the Jays? Just seems completely unnecessary. Like, wh- what are you trying to gain at that point? Because we already have pitchers, at least with the way ownership projection is right now, we already have pitchers that you can use to be contrarian. You know, we talked about Zach Eflin being a guy that you can just say, screw it, he's low and they'll play him. You can kind of, you can do the same thing with J.A. Happ. Uh, so what, why are you doing it with Perez, who doesn't have the same upside as those two, is in a tough spot against a Toronto lineup with 
nothing but right-handed power, basically. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm going the low-owned pitcher route and oh, good, I would rather do it with other guys. You and me both. So now we need to talk a little bit about the hitting here. Uh, top stack odds for the Jays, second highest, just a hair behind the Phillies. Uh, they're projecting as a little bit over-owned, but they're also like twice as likely to be the top value in comparison. I really like some of the right-handed power. Which are clearly a, a top cash option. I'm also not going to lie. I did not realize until right now that the Jays had picked up Jonathan VR. Uh, I really like that addition to their lineup. So Because he's a former Oriole? I just I mean power and speed. Um, I don't disagree with you. I'm just, you know, your yeah. Orioles homerism is shining through. He, he was good with the Orioles, too. He netted, I think, absolutely nothing in the trade, but he was good. What, what a high bar. <laughs> no, I mean, actually good. Not good, like, for an Orioles player. Oh, not relatively good? No. no. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I like his addition there, obviously, from a DFS standpoint. It's nice having him to fill in for Bo Bichette while he's injured, as opposed to whatever they were running out there, uh, Espanza, Espanza. Um, with Bichette out. So I, I do like him being there. I think it makes the stack better. Plus you have second base and shortstop eligibility for him. So um, with the exception of Telez and Guerrero, this is a team that I think is really easy to stack because you have so much flexibility with um, VR, with Biggio, both having multi-position eligibility, Travis Shaw as well. So um should be pretty easy to stack. A high, you know, a high implied run total here as well. I don't think Perez is, is terrible, but I'm certainly not opposed to, to stacking against them. The only thing I'm, that I would keep in mind is, you know, again, you're getting so much ownership right now going to Toronto. Yeah. This seems like a good spot that if you're going to the blue Jays, you're going to need to make sure probably like one of your pitchers are not in that huge Heaney Clevenger Kershaw group. Yeah. Um, favorite blue Jays bat. Richard. Yeah. Same. What a weird team for steamer projections. I'm just looking at the weighted runs created plus, I'm reading them off in numerical order, but 90, 93, 95, 96, 97, 97, 100, 100. Eight of the nine guys in the lineup are all between 90 and 100 in their weighted runs created plus. Like that's a pretty narrow band. Meanwhile, you go to some of these other teams and it's like 64, 66, 74. Like, yeah. Oh God, they suck. And a lot of power too, though. So like yeah. from a DFS, from a DFS standpoint, they're kind of, for lack of a better phrase, like better than the sum of their parts because they have a bunch of just average hitters, but guys that just all have power. Yeah, if I started reading off their ISOs, it's the same story. Just, so, you know, it's 191, 193, 197, 198, a couple in the 200s. It's a good spot for the Jays. I don't mind picking off a couple bats from the Red Sox, though. You know, clearly Devers and J.D. Martinez are always going to look solid. Especially right, JD today, 5% owned. No issue going there, especially with Walker picking up a lot of love becomes a little bit, uh, a little yeah. bit helpful from a leverage. Perspective. I was going to say that would be the main argument in favor of the Red Sox for me is that Walker is going to get ownership and, you know, deservedly so at that salary, but it's not like he's um, a great pitcher and you have at least, you know, Devers, Martinez and Bogarts is a nice like three man. And then you just can fit in whatever else, you know, Verdugo and, and Vasquez or, whoever else fits and kind of just hope that you run into one, but you know, at least there's three good hitters here. Yeah. I, I was going to say if Verdugo's in the leadoff spot, like I think that still looks pretty solid. Yep. There's a lot to like in this game. Boston is 8% own the top stack or 8% top stack odds, 7% aggregate ownership. I think that all looks pretty right. 
and probably a little bit of additional value just because of Walker's ownership. Agreed. Anything else you want to touch on here? No. Royals and White Sox, 4.5 run implied total for the Royals, 5.1 for the Sox, Danny Duffy and Dylan Cease. Uh, these guys are picking up similar ownership. Uh, 15% for Duffy, 20 for Cease, Cease 9,500, albeit. Uh, 8% for Duffy on FanDuel, 17 for Cease on FanDuel. Who do you prefer relative to a DFS? Obviously different salary tiers. Yeah, I think I prefer Cease. Um, you, I can definitely make arguments for, for both pitchers. The reason I say Cease, though, is that there's so much hitting value that I'm not too concerned about pricing on pitchers. And I think, obviously, the matchup is better for Cease than for Duffy. But also the ownership is nice in, in the context of, like, the other pitchers priced around them. You know, obviously, like you said, they're pretty close, um, Duffy and, and Cease. But with Cease being more expensive, you're going to get, like, a lot of the builds where you would get to Cease – the field's ownership is going to be going to Heaney or Clevenger and, and Kershaw, you know, all those guys. Um, so Cease being a little bit lower owned relative to the guys around him makes him appealing to me. You know, again, he's uh, he's young. He's got all kinds of talent. He doesn't really have very good control and, and starts can go south really quickly, but he does have uh, strikeout upside. He has good stuff. You know, he's only struck out about 18% of hitters this year with almost a 12% walk percentage. So not what you want to see there, but um, stuff wise, he's, he's great. He's definitely overpriced from a medium projection standpoint and relative to the pitchers around him. But just from a raw upside point, I think that the ownership's a little lower than it should be. That sounds good to me. Duffy or Walker for you? Walker. Okay. I The, the thing with Duffy, I still just don't completely trust that he's keep doing what he's been doing. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're talking about a cheap pitcher that's coming in with the third highest strikeout percentage behind Eflin and Kershaw this year. He's still giving up a ton of power, which is concerning when you go up against this White Sox team that has probably nine right-handers. For the season, Duffy has struck out 27.6% of righties. He's also allowed a 235 ISO. So it's a really, really big boomer bust spot. And he clearly has a ceiling. But I think more often than not, you're going to get something where he strikes out a handful of guys, but also gives up a few home runs. And the White Sox, as an offense, are also going under owned right now. So, all things considered, I would lean. I prefer the White Sox to Duffy. And you know, as far, bringing it back to Walker, I think that at that salary, I would be getting more Walker. The key piece of this entire game that we need to talk to is not on the pitching side. The Chicago White Sox have the third highest top stack odds. 11.2% ownership share five and a half. It's going to be really tough for them to be the top value because these guys are crazy expensive, but you're buying exactly what you want in DFS, the potential for home runs. And this team has it in spades. This is the best stack of the day. According to Alex right now, relative to the ownership. How do you feel about the white Sox against Duffy? Yeah, I love it because like I was just saying, you know, Duffy can go out there and just strike a bunch of guys out at, at the, but he still gives up power and you're just not getting ownership going to the White Sox because they are so expensive. And so you're contrarian, you're getting arguably the highest upside stack on the slate. Like it's probably them or the Padres. And 
uh, or, or the Dodgers. Like it's probably one of those three teams. And you're just getting so much power from Tim Anderson, from Jimenez, from Grandal, from either of the first basemen. Obviously, you prefer Moncada from the left side, but he's still a good hitter. Luis Roberts, a good hitter. Like th- there's so much power, basically one through seven in this lineup. Um, just have massive amounts of power. So I really like the White Sox, especially assuming that the ownership isn't going to be there because of the doctors. Yeah, it's it seems really like the the White Sox plus Walker pairing seems fantastic. You know, you get that savings to allow you to get to more of these expensive White Sox bats, and I don't think you'll have much problem filling out the rest of it. Before we keep talking about uh, this game, I got to shout out Garth for the the big super chat here. Said, got to support my guys. One lives where I'm from and one where I currently live. My favorite duo. Wish we could see a trio with Laffy. Keep it up, fellas. So, Garth, thanks, man. We really appreciate seeing those come in and appreciate the kind words. Do you have a favorite White Sox bat or is it just sort of like all of them? It's kind of just all of them. Um, I think that relative... To each other, probably Jimenez, just because he's a little bit cheaper than like Anderson at the top. Like Jimenez is basically the same price as Robert, but Jimenez is probably hitting second and Robert's probably hitting seventh. Somebody called him Lou Bob in chat yesterday, so that's <laughs> the new name. I love it. Uh, yeah, Jimenez, 4,800. He actually grades out as my best play for the White Sox relative to salary, and he's at 6% ownership. I'm just full stop in. I, I still feel weird like saying his name the way that it's pronounced, not like in the way that I assumed it was when he was like a prospect. You mean like saying it, Luis Robert? Yeah, correctly? exactly. Yeah, the yeah. correct way to say it. What? What? Robert. Is that how it's actually pronounced? So, Because that's how I thought it would be pronounced. Was that you and me? Was that you and me that did this or was that me and no. Jake? Okay, so Jake. I think T. McBee tagged in here because we were being told that we were saying it incorrectly. And then T McBee dropped a video in here of him being like, this is how you say my name. And other people were like, well, that's not what they say on the broadcast. And we were just like, well, we're going to go with the way that the guy told us to say it. So, so he says Robert. I don't remember any longer. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I assumed <laughs> that's what it was, but then I've heard nothing but Robert. So uh, that's what I was saying was I still feel weird saying his name because I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I already forgot. Jake, if you're watching, tag in. Emac, if you're watching and you remember that interaction, please tag in. Chat, if you remember Jake and I talking about this, please tag in. My memory sucks. Either way, Lou Bob. Lou Bob, I'm positive is going to work for me, so and nobody's going to be confused. Yeah, I found the video, but the link doesn't work. If I pulled that up right now, the show would end. Uh, Royals bats against Dylan Cease. We know that he is prone to blow-ups, especially from a walk perspective. Uh, that's why I, I kind of like getting to guys with power here. So someone like Solaire at 4% ownership, it, it's not out of the realm of – like Cease is way more likely to give up home runs with guys on than you know your average starting pitcher. Do you like getting to anything from the Royals? It's not the best spot in the world, and the park sucks. Yeah, I, mean, I don't love it. I don't think it's a, a great spot. They are getting basically half the ownership that their top stack percentage suggests they should, which means that, you know, if, if I'm playing 150 lineups, I probably end up overweight on Kansas City. In my three max stuff, I would assume that I'm not getting to them. Uh, they don't grade out well as a stack for me. They're seventh on FanDuel. They are 11th on DK. 
But I do, I don't hate picking out individual bats. Solaire, Franco, even Hunter Dozier to an extent, O'Hearn. I don't see it as a bad spot to try to buy a home run, but it's certainly scary. And no one's there. You're going to be different. It's Luis Robert. Per Luis Robert. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to T. McBee. Oh, also, shout out to El Negro Loco for the super chat in my defense of our premium NBA Slack. I greatly appreciate that as well. <laughs> uh, before we hit on the final game of the slate, I need to hit on one other thing, and that would be the presenting sponsor of this show, Yahoo Sports. First and foremost, it, it's this. You can become a baller, and that's the only place that you can become a baller. That should be enough for you right there. You could use the promo code Osmo to get yourself $30 in YSRPs, Yahoo Sports Rewards Points. And I think you're just going to find a softer product. Um, you're going to see a lot of lower management fee contests, sometimes no management fee contests. That's the type of stuff you want to enter if you're trying to build your bankroll. I mean, it's the stuff you should be trying to enter regardless. But if you're trying to build your bankroll, saving on the margins is going to be huge. And that's an easy way to do it. Uh, you can play everything else the the normal way. They have CSV uploads, not as many 150 max. It's it's a lot of 20 max, 15, 10 uh, single entry stuff. So you don't have to worry about going up against monstrous amounts of lineups. It's a really great place to play if you're looking to dip your toe in the DFS water. So check out Yahoo Sports and uh, say thanks to them for being our presenting sponsor because I know we're happy about it. Final game. Dodgers and Diamondbacks, 5.3 run implied total for the Dodgers, 3.2 for the D-backs. That is a monster line. Clayton Kershaw going for LA, 43% owned on DraftKings, 16 on FanDuel. Diamondbacks throwing Luke Weaver, 5% owned on FanDuel, 6% owned on DraftKings. Do you have any interest in Weaver? Not really. The Dodgers just scare me. Um, Weaver is admittedly a better pitcher, I think, than I initially thought he was going to be. When he first came up with St. Louis, I did not buy into him whatsoever, but uh, he's put up better numbers since then. Uh, since last year, 27% strikeout percentage to righties, 26% to lefties. Really, really, really good change up that um, helps to you know slow down left-handed bats. You did see the Dodgers really struggle with Zach Allen last night. Um, he, he was just making them look stupid. He gave up one hit and just they, they – basically couldn't touch his changeup. Now you get Weaver coming in with a 20% strikeout percentage on his. So uh, another spot where you could certainly see a good, a good outing from Weaver. He has the stuff to, to slow them down, but it's just how dangerous this Dodgers lineup is. Um, you know, Bellinger may or may not be back. If he's out, then obviously it's a benefit for Weaver, but either way, I just have trouble getting to Weaver. Like if I'm going for a lower own pitcher, I would rather take a risk on some guys that are not facing the Dodgers. We are on the same page there. What do you do with Clayton Kershaw? 10-3 on DraftKings, 43% owned, which is the highest mark of the slate. Do you have any issues with that, Chalk? Um, just nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's just, he's better than Heaney. He's better than Clevenger. He's better than, like, all these other guys. So I'm fine either going Kershaw plus one of the other popular pitchers and having a different stack or just going Kershaw plus a lower-owned pitcher and playing whatever bats I want. Uh, Kershaw is the guy like there's not a big enough price difference. I don't think 
you know, you got 10 3 on Kershaw, 9,500 on Cease, 89 on App, 87, 84 on Clevenger and Heaney. Um, obviously, there's a price difference there, but when you consider just how many cheap bats there are on the slate, I don't think it's going to really matter. Not to mention, if you just go uh, Walker plus Kershaw, you still can get whatever bat you want. So um, there's no real reason for me to think that I'm getting away from Kershaw here, especially not in like my three max type stuff. Uh, I think that I'll be taking different stands. Yeah, I have him as the highest projected pitcher by quite a bit. Uh, that should be not shocking at all. He has the highest odds of being a top two pitcher on DraftKings. That should not be a shock at all. Um, I see no reason to treat this as anything other than Clayton Kershaw is clearly the best pitcher on the slate. Um, I don't really have too much to add to that. The only – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would say like the only negative, I guess, is that I do think the Diamondbacks offense is decent. And they, I mean, they have a lot of right-handed bats that have some power. Like if Kershaw doesn't have his best stuff, he can get in trouble here. But obviously you're assuming that he's going to have his normal stuff and that will be fine. Um, it's just, you know, it's not like it's a cakewalk matchup, but I still just, I, I don't really think any of these pitchers have like great, great matchups either. So I, I'm not as concerned about that. Yeah. Big piece for me. Um, and these could be refreshed by like a 10th of a run or something, but 3.2 run implied total for the Diamondbacks lowest on the slate. Next closest is the Angels at four. That's just a gigantic gap between two separate teams. Do you pick off any Diamondbacks bats, or is that just a place where you won't be? Like, this isn't a spot where you're trying to get hedge stacks, is it? No, I doubt I'll be there. Um, when I'm playing large field, you know, obviously I'm, I'm not expecting to get the Diamondbacks in three max, but even in large field stuff, um, I prefer to, if I'm looking to, to you know, roster stacks, that are low probability just because the opposing pitcher is good there is, is highly owned. I prefer to look at it in terms of um, how highly owned I think the pitcher should be compared to how highly owned he is, not just pure. He's popular. I'm going to take hitters against him. And I haven't run my numbers yet, but I fully expect that it's going to say Kershaw should get a ton of ownership. So it's not going to pop up like that. He's really over owned and, and push the diamond backs up for me. Yeah, if somebody's 50% owned and you think they should be 50% owned, you're not really gaining much by stacking against him. You already think he's good. But if he's right. 50% owned and you think he should be 20% owned, that is the perfect opportunity for you to be grabbing that opposite side stack. Right, exactly. And that's why, like, like compare Andrew Heaney and, and Clayton Kershaw. There's all these pitchers priced around Heaney who, even if you think Heaney is the best, which is a cert- certainly a reasonable take, they're, he's just not going to beat them as often as his ownership suggests that he should and so that would push the Padres up for me. Whereas Kershaw, one, there's no pitcher really in his price, like purely in his price tier. And two, he's just better than all of them. So, I, you know, it's going to come out for me where it's like, yeah, he's pretty much on where he should be. Um, take bats against Heaney instead, basically. 27% odds of, top, of Andrew Heaney being a top two pitcher on DraftKings. 43% ownership right now. That, right. If, if, that doesn't mean you shouldn't play Heaney either. But it is an argument for grabbing bats against him as well. Yep. baseball for you. Uh, it's a weird game like that where you kind of are perfectly okay having like all four parts of a game from time to time. Um, favorite Dodgers bats here against Luke Weaver, and then we'll close this out. If Bellinger's in, obviously it's Bellinger. Um, sure. I'm actually going to try and look quickly. I, I I don't dig that deep into Statcast type stuff because I think that it's kind of the pendulum swung too far as far as like pitch type stuff and everything, like I liked it when nobody else was doing it. Now that it's like the cool thing for everybody to talk about, I don't think it's that useful. Um, but for Weaver in particular, because he's throwing his change up 35% to lefties and getting so many swings and misses, I'm trying to see 
if there's anyone that really stands out as far as having success there. So um, nothing really jumping out yet, but uh, Muncie's kind of, uh, yeah, like Muncie and Seeger are both deep, are, are both fine, but nothing really jumps out. Bellinger, um, 226 expected ISO, 371 expected Woba, only a 15% swinging strike percentage, which is pretty good. Yeah. Jack Peterson is absolute trash. Yeah, so I mean, Bellinger, if he's in, looks like, obviously he'd be the best anyway, but from a, a pitch type standpoint, looks the best as well. If he's out, then, you know, it's kind of just uh, normal. You know, you would, I guess, go Mookie because he's the best, then you would look to like Muncy. Well, six games up, six games down. Should be a pretty fun slate. I like the idea of the 4 p.m. lock. I might, uh, I'm excited to prep my lineups for that. That should work out perfectly with basketball as well. Any final thoughts on this slate? I think it's it sets up to be like a fun slate as far as leveraging ownership and, and stuff because it's a big enough slate where you have options, but it's a small enough slate where you're just going to get some ridiculous ownership in spots that it probably shouldn't be as as it is. So I think it'll be a pretty fun slip from a tournament standpoint. And I just looked at myself staring into the camera at like the 15 second delay. And I looked like a serial killer. It was terrible (laughs) guys. Thank you for joining us. 230 people in here, 77 likes. If you haven't hit that thumbs up yet, please do it so that I can see that number become triple digits. It's like a condition I have where if it's not over a hundred, I have like real big problems for the rest of the day. Uh, we've got MLB Live Before Lock, NBA Live Before Lock, MMA Strategy Show tonight. Tons of content going on. Don't miss it. Subscribe to the channel. Notification bell. Follow us on Twitter. You guys know the drill. Jordan Klein, play that music. Thanks to Yahoo Sports. We're out. We're out.